And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put on, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring either the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this son was dead, for this my son was dead, and is alive again, and he was lost and is found, and they began to marry. Now his elder, brother, his elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things mean, meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he had received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he, and he answering said to his father, Lo! These many years do I serve thee, neither transgress I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never givest me a kid, that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which had devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed him, killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me. And all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Amen. 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 Thank you for the scripture reading. Um Elder Inchi, God bless you. Uh, I want us to yeah, I want us to just pay attention to certain things that I'm going to say. Um because I know it is it will bless your heart, you know. Uh, even as we're just discussing the word, I, I want you to know that the word of God is is very is, is an active and a living force. It's, it's quick and powerful, and so the divine presence of the Lord is here with us. And mm. as you know, we, we we listen to the word, whatever that is not of God in our lives, by the power of the Holy Ghost is going to be uprooted in the name of Jesus. You know, Luke five seventeen. So we are we are going, we are preaching, talking, and prophesying at the same time. Hallelujah. Amen. Luke five seventeen. One day when Jesus Christ was ministering the word, you know, the the Bible said the presence of God was present to heal everyone. So if you have any form of ailment or sickness or disease, uh, first of all, I want to issue a disclaimer that that disease does not belong to your body because your body is the temple of the living God. Amen. Amen. Now, infirmities. Now, this word is for somebody. So somebody who is 
having any form of ailment in your body, I want you to receive this word, receive this word into your spirit. So he himself took our infirmities, and by his stripes we have been healed. He took it. So if, if the underlying statement, the underlying word over there is he took. If he took it, which is in the past, how come you have it? You don't have it. If he took it, a little digression from what I'm just going to talk about. If he took it, then you don't have it. You know, because the devil is a liar. And all these things, every good and perfect gift. Um, James chapter 1, verse 17. It says that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of the heavenly light, in whom there is no variableness. So God is a perfect God. He cannot afflict his children with sicknesses and diseases. So if you have any form of ailment or disease in your body, I want you to know by the power of the Holy Ghost, you are healed in Jesus' name. Look forward to that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Every genuine encounter with the word, every genuine encounter with, with, uh, with Jesus changes a man. He says, from one glory to another, we are being changed. Hallelujah. Your true identity, first of all, I want you to get this truth. I want you to get this truth into your heart. Your true identity can only be found in the word, not from the opinion of men. Yes. When Jesus Christ asked the disciples, who do you think I am? And Peter gave the answer. He said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. So your genuine and your true identity is only in the word of God. And that is the mirror. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 says that, but we all with an open face beholding us in a glass. So the word of God is a glass, it's a mirror. So if you want to see your true picture, you can pick your picture from the scripture. Hallelujah. That's, that's a very powerful statement Amen. over there. You can pick your picture from the scripture to determine your future. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So we all with an open face. Second Corinthians 3.18 beholding us in the glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even us by the spirit of God amen now let's go to the amen. lessons let's go to the lessons let's go to the lessons <laughs> now the first lesson um, the first thing that um, the prodigal son did was and the Bible says in the verse 70 and he came to himself he came to himself he came to a point of recognition he came to a point where he he said no this is not the life i'm supposed to live how come one day i'm in a place of paradise experiencing heaven on earth today i'm in a place where even i have to compete with pigs to feed myself you know, we, we have to come to a point of recognition and, and know that there are certain things in our lives 
which are not supposed to be like that. Now, the, the word of God says that in the beginning, it was not so. So you look at your life today, and you see that there are certain things that does not reflect the glory of God in your life. You have to wake up. It's a wake-up call for you. You cannot accept that status and, and say that that is, that is it. No, that is not it. There is a brighter future. And so where Amen. you have to say, you cannot allow your circumstances to detect the reality of your today to you as being your, 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 the reality of your life. No. It's a weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning, which means that there are different phases of life. Each and every one of us will have or will always have an experience or will come across a challenge. But God has given us the assurance. God has given us the assurance that we are more than conquerors. We are, we are overcome. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So Amen. the prodigal son realized that no, where I am today, that is not where I am supposed to be. Yeah. Every every change in our life comes through a process of reasoning. So Isaiah chapter one verse eighteen. Let's look at that scripture. Isaiah one eighteen. Isaiah 1.18 says that, Come now, let us reason together, fear the Lord. So, until the prodigal son came to himself, he came to a point of reasoning and said, No, this is not where I belong to. The Lord is also saying the same thing to us. Every time you come across a challenge, sit down and reason. There's a portion of the scripture which says that who is he that is going to build a tower and does not sit down to think about the cost? So every man's mountain is his own ignorance. There is no mountain anywhere. Every obstruction, the only reason why you've not been able to overcome that challenge is because you've not gained enough knowledge to deal with that challenge. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, you shall know the truth. John 8, 32. Mm-hmm. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. So whatever you are not free from, you don't know the truth about it. He said, I've given unto you keys. Mm. Keys. The mysteries of the kingdom to overcome the mysteries of life. So every misery in opposition to that has a mystery. If you have the key to that, there is no need to suffer. So wherever you are being challenged in a particular area, and of course, Jesus said in John 16, you have tribulations, you have challenges. It, that's the reality of life. 
as long as we live in this world, we will always have challenges, we will always have, but we have the assurance. I keep on stressing on this. We are more than conquerors. Amen. But until we discover the keys to this, um, these challenges and put them into practical use, we will still stand in front of those mountains. So first lesson is that the prodigal son woke up and then realized that this is not where I am supposed to be. There is a life, a better life ahead of me. He said the path of the just, Proverbs chapter 4, the path of the just is as a shiny light that shines brighter and brighter. So he acknowledged that, no, this is not my path. I am the righteousness of Christ Jesus. This is not where I belong to. There's a brighter future according to the word of God because he found and reasoned and thought into the word and realized that, no, this is not where I'm supposed to be. There is a brighter future ahead of me. Proverbs 4, 18. For the path of the justice is a shining light that shines brighter and brighter. Hallelujah. First lesson. Second lesson. Now he asked himself, how many hired servants of my father have bread enough to spare? He asks questions. If you don't ask questions, you're not entitled to answers. So he asks questions. Matthew 7, 7 says, ask. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened unto you. So we are supposed to what? Ask. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let's look at the the next lesson. I will arise and go to my father. I will arise and go to my father. Sometimes, you know, you have to just encourage yourself and pick up from where you fall. The Bible says that the righteous man falleth seven times and he rises up again. Proverbs 24, verse 16. It doesn't mean that he didn't necessarily have to fall seven times. Just to tell you that a person can fall over and over, can make the same mistake over and over. But the righteous man falleth seven times and he rises up again. God gives us Every day, his mercies are new every day. We are not perfect. We are work in progress. So God expects us that at every point in time, when we fall, we should rise up again. You know, the Bible says that David encouraged himself. Sometimes the seasons are so hard that, you know, you don't even hear anybody tell you that, oh, you can do it, you can make it, rise up. You don't get those things from nobody. But you're supposed to just tell yourself, yes, I know my Redeemer lives. And I know I can do it. Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You locate the Word of God which tells you and affirms to you that all these things, whatever is impossible with God, all things are possible. You begin to internalize and imbibe this truth. 
So first Samuel 30 verse 6 says, And David encouraged himself in the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. And so we take the next lesson. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of the highest servants. I'm no more worthy to be called. He came to a state of humility. He humbled himself. And James 4 says, Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. The Bible says of Moses that he was the meekest person, as powerful as Moses was. Where did he draw his strength from? Where did he gain his strength from? From meekness. Very humble. Until we are humble, we cannot be lifted by the Lord. The interesting, another interesting um, lesson that we learned is that he said, and he arose and came to his father. When he came to his father, it's a sign of repentance. He had acknowledged that it's only the father that can help me. Matthew eleven twenty eight says that, come unto me, all ye that are heaven laden, and I will give you rest. Come and learn of me. For my yoke and my burden is light. Come unto me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Do you want rest in your life? God is the only source of rest. God is all you need to have all your needs met. God is all you need to have all your needs met. Matthew 6, 33. Jesus says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things that men seek for, men other people seek for, it shall be added unto you. So the things that you are not even asking God for, God would definitely just bless you with it because he knows you need it. But the proto-principle, the number one principle over there is, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things that men seek for shall be added unto you. So we need to come to a point of repentance and acknowledge that what we have done is wrong. When you read First John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. God is faithful and just to forgive us. Not only will he forgive us, he will also cleanse us from all other unrighteousness. I hope you're writing these scriptures down. First John one nine. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All we need to do is to come to Him. Is to come to His Lordship. Another thriving lesson we can also find from this parable is the unconditional love of the Father. God will never consult your past, 
to determine your present or your tomorrow. Never. God is a faithful God. God is a loving God. Now, this scripture which we have always learned from childhood and we've been taught in Bibles, Sunday schools, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I want you to think about this scripture. He is that God loved the church. He loved the world. But he does tell us that do not love the world, neither the things of this world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. But he, God, loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have an everlasting life. So God loves us so much that even the sinners, he even loved them to that extent. He never caused rain to just rain upon the land of the righteous only. He, he does make it rain on the land of the sinners, the unbelievers, those that don't even like him. The unconditional love of God. That we have to know that God loves us to that extent to give us his only begotten son. If he loves you to that extent, what is it that he would deny you? He said, no good thing would he withhold from those who love him. Do you love the Lord? If you love the Lord, why would he deny you prosperity? He said, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. That's God's heartbeat for each and every one of his, of his children. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. So upon every level, at every facet, spiritually, mentally, physically, academically, every, at every aspect of our life, God wants us to prosper and succeed in those areas. I will make you the head and not the tail. This is the kind of God we have. A loving God, a faithful God, good, good Father is who you are. Hallelujah. Amen. God is not a man. If you read Numbers 23, verse 19, you say, God, I just like the first portion. It says, God is not a man to lie. God is not a man. God is not a man. There's another scripture who says that the Lord does not see like man sees. So God can never be like us in that perspective. He will never consult. I want somebody to know this. God will never consult your past to determine your present or your tomorrow. No. Amen. When God forgives, he has forgiven. If you read Psalm 103, verse 12, he says that as far as the east is from the west, so far have you removed your transgressions. How far is the east from the west? Infinite. Infinitesimal. Value. It, it will never come to a, a, a point where they will both meet. No. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions. Mm-hmm. 
the only reason why you still have those thoughts coming to you, the things from the past coming to you, is because of the accuser of the brethren. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says that, now there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation. God doesn't condemn you. He loves you the way you are. And he's willing to work with you. But you have to open up because it is a choice. You have a choice. Deuteronomy 30, 19. He said, I've put this day before you. Life and death. You make the choice. That is what makes you you. Your ability to choose. You decide. You decide. Decide, 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 decide. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God never accuses us. No, the enemy is the one who accuses you. You have to know that you have an enemy. Your enemy is not your brother. Your enemy is not your sister. Your enemy is not Elder Angie. Your enemy is not me. <laughs> you have one recognized enemy, one recognized adversary. Hmm. That is the, that's the devil. He said, be sober, be vigilant. For the devil, your adversary, is seeking somebody to devour. Tonight, my message to you, I have a message from the Lord to you, okay? And the message I have to you is that there is a loving God, there is a loving Father. His hands are wide open. Yes. He's always waiting for you. Look at the prodigal son. He went, he lived, a, lived the worst life that he could have ever lived. Squandered all that he, he was given. And at the end of the day, when he came back to the father, he never even questioned him. That what did you do with the things that I gave you? No. He said, my son that was lost, my son that was dead, now is alive. And that is the same way God is just waiting for each and every one of us. When we fall, he expects us to rise up again. He cannot say that, ah, I've given up, I've thrown, I threw this towel in. No. I always, I always tell Rhoda something funny. I said, Rhoda, do you know that um, the devil has been on this earth for that long and he has never given up? He has always fought the church, and why would we believers, children of God, give up if the devil is not giving up? That's enough motivation for each and every one of us to pursue what God has put in our hearts, irrespective of the circumstance, irrespective of the situation, irrespective of the obstruction, irrespective of the words and the actions of men. You should not give up. When God puts something in your heart, how would you know God has put something in your heart? That positive thing that keeps coming over and over again and will not leave your heart, that is the voice of God. That is something God has placed within you. Hallelujah. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I just came to elevate somebody's faith tonight. Mm. 
I just came to speak to somebody and let you know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. And nothing shall by any means obstruct you or stop you, terminate or put an end to that dream or vision for your life. Absolutely not. Because faithfully see that has called you and he will surely what complete it. When God begins a thing, he finishes. He is the God that begins and finishes. So you cannot give up. Hallelujah. You cannot throw in that towel. You cannot say, I am tired of this life. No. You have a very big God. He's always on your side. After all, when you die, where would you go to? Why would you would you even want to die? Even dying before your time, the the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes is that it's foolishness. You know the number of your years that we throw score in a ten. You know, where are you in a hurry to go to? Commit suicide? Where? No. There are projects. People are hungry. People are heartbroken. People need you. You've been saved to save others. You are healed to heal others. You've been redeemed to redeem others. So you can carve, you can carve a vision from what I'm saying. You have been healed to heal others. So if you've been broken, if you have been disappointed, then you've been appointed to appoint others, to lift them out of that misery, that quagma of hopelessness. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe strongly that um, tonight um, the Lord has spoken something to you, has ministered something to you, and your life will never be the same. When blind Bartimaeus met Jesus, who had no vision, who had no sight, Jesus gave him vision, he gave him sight. Hallelujah. When the harlot came into contact with Jesus, the woman of the world, the fornicator, the adulterer, her life was never the same. She went back and came back as a prophetess. So every genuine encounter with God's word with Jesus changes a man from one level of glory to another. Hallelujah. Amen. So I commend Amen. you to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. The word of his grace. The word of God, which is able to build you up. Not only build you up, but give you an inheritance. So let us lay hold on this word. Hallelujah. In this, yeah. in this year, which is our walk with God, to, to a, a deeper walk with God, what will make us have that access to a deeper walk is an encounter, a genuine encounter with the word of God. Let us strive for that encounter. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. Now I'm going to end my message with a song. <laughs> I'm going to end my message with a song. I have a message. Please leave me. Let me sing this song for you and just enjoy it. God bless you. <laughs> because when, when you begin to fellowship with me like that, the frequencies, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. I have a message from the Lord, which I think I gave to you. I have a message from the Lord. Hallelujah. The message unto you I give is recorded in His Word. 
Hallelujah. It is only that you look and live. To look at me, my brotherly. Look to Jesus now and live. It is recorded in his word. Hallelujah. It is only. And God bless you all for coming on to the prayer line. And I believe strongly that um, the Lord gave you a word and then meditate on these things. Let it become the consultation of your heart. God bless each and every one of you. All praise and glory be unto the Lord Almighty, King of glory. Blessed be your name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen.